Hello, and welcome back to the Pen and Paper Podcast. I am Brandon, and I am here with... John Mitchell. And today, we are going to be talking about adaptation, and mainly adaptation to COVID-19 and how we can deal with this. One of the first things I'd like to talk about is um, if you, as we know before, when we were not in uh, quarantine, a lot of our time was spent traveling from point A to point B. And I think we can implement that time into actually having breaks and like uh, chill time for ourselves instead of running around trying to get from from one place to another. And I think that could actually help us physically and mentally because we don't really get that much rest if our times was normal. This could give us time to restructure ourselves. For me personally, my sleep cycle has changed completely from when I was in school to now. So sometimes I'll wake up early in the morning at like 7 o'clock. Or sometimes I'll wake up at 11 o'clock in the, in, the, in, um, in the morning. But it depends on the day. Then I go to class. And then I go to dinner. And then I play games and go to sleep. And sometimes my uh, I sleep at 10 o'clock. Or if I'm just awoke for one day, I'll, I'll never go to sleep until like 2 o'clock. And I'll just do random things that I do you um during the day but this really affects my sleep like i think i should probably get checked by the doctor and see if i got sleep deprivation yeah same here um my sleeping pattern has been has been uh kind of wonky ever since quarantine started and it just it really messes up our sleep schedule and just our schedule in general because you know we're not used to staying home all hours of the day unless it's summer and even summer we go out and do things. Yeah. And another thing that that should uh that was on a lot of people's schedule at a certain time before uh quarantine started was a uh, exercise or their workout routine which you know unless you already did it at home it's kind of tough to do now. But I think if you could actually find a way to fit that in to your routine, you should definitely do it. Usually the exercising helps me when um when I'm sleeping. Sometimes it helps me go to sleep or helps me wake up a little more. I make sure I'm safe. I usually exercise in the house. I don't really try to go outside since it's a risk. But um when I go outside, if I'm not exercising, I usually just check the mail or go to get um something to eat. But I never stay outside more than thirty minutes. And that's how I usually go through the day. My eating habits has also switched up from before. Because before, I really only ate two meals a day. Sometimes three, depends. But now, since I really don't have anything to do, and and which I find kind of weird is that, like, I guess our bodies use up more energy when we're doing nothing than when we are actually doing something. So I've actually been eating way more than I did before. I'm actually eating less than I usually do. I used to eat three meals a day 
and have snacks in between where I'll usually be full by the time the day is over. But now I just eat a large portion at a certain time of the day and I'll be done. And um, I think I lost at least 30 pounds from that, which is actually a good thing for me. I actually probably, I kind of like the eating style that I have during the quarantine than I have regular because um, I'm not getting super full. I'm just getting a light full where I can just be satisfied. I feel like before, it was my the way I ate was already weird, but it's even weirder now because I eat so much and I still don't have, I still haven't gained much weight. In the condition we are in now, the, um, the virus is still active. It hasn't really took itself off the, the map. Even though people are starting to try to forget the virus, um, the um, the society and the economy is trying to make it make it a way we can just keep our eyes off of it. People are still being paranoid by the by the virus when they're going in the stores. They're still wearing masks. They're still trying to stay away from people. But some of them are, are not caring. They're actually getting closer to people, which I don't know why. But some of the stores that have opened, they're kind of dangerous since they're not really, like, real cautious with people in contact. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they should have waited a little bit longer to uh, reopen stores. Maybe, maybe, like, until next month. Because you know there there are people that will follow the rules and will um, stay in line and not disrupt you know personal space and you know they'll wear their mask and stuff. But there are a lot of people that just don't care. So maybe if the number dropped a bit more for the people that have recovered from it, we should have opened stores. But right now, I don't think it's really a good idea because. You know, it's, it's still been passed around and especially like clothing stores and shoe stores, people, you know, touch the shoes, turn them around, look at them, look at the designs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the next person is going to do the same. But we're not sure if that person has the virus. So I, I don't really think it's a good idea. And I believe maybe if we could get more delivery services, then the stores can stay open and the business will may just be be just as good as it was before until everything really picks back up. I know that probably some of the states are like going by what Trump said. He said that uh, the virus could could leave when every everywhere is is um above eighty 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 degrees. So I think that's why the stores are getting opened up more because it's getting closer to the summer. But um, I think that people shouldn't shouldn't be in the store more longer than 25 minutes. And if they want something to eat, they should get delivery. And um, if they want to see their, their friends or something, they probably should um, do FaceTime just so they can keep themselves safe. I agree with that. If you're going to go to a store don't be in there too long because um it could you know I, I really don't know how long it would take for the disease to travel through 
someone in the store and like you know circulate but make sure it's a short time so you have a lower chance of getting the virus and when it comes to FaceTime and video calls I feel like you know since you're at a distance already you can do it however long you want or however short you want you know it's your choice but it's definitely uh it's definitely optimal compared to meeting in person right now. Since, you know, we're in quarantine, you have a lot more time to do what you want. As I said before, you know, you you can have your, your little break times. I think with those break times, you can watch a lot more movies and videos that you want to. I think the ad- adaptation is possible, but um, putting it aside and going back to normal might not be. We probably still have some some of the restrictions after everything is over. But um, I think it's more like more adaption is going to happen more than than going just back to normal. Well, over the weekend, I was watching the movie Back to the Future, and I was thinking, like, what if that time machine was real? What could we do with that time machine to change the future? Like, like, like I was thinking about, like, going back in time. And going to the future, like go to the future to see how this this virus ends and what happens, and then use what I learned in the future to go into the past and figure out when it started and try to stop it before it even happens. And, and um, I, and um, I was also thinking about going to the the time when the pyramids were made see how they were built and maybe help help in the future with the with the construction teach them how to how to how to make buildings out of the stuff that that they did for the pyramids i feel like a lot of you know like the pyramids the uh the i forgot the name of the the building but it's in like uh somewhere in the middle east mm-hmm. it's i think it's like uh the capital or like the Basically, like the, would be like the White House of that country. Yeah, I just wonder how a lot of those, you know, places were made, especially the pyramids, because we we never really uncovered any clues, not even a speck of clues on how something like that was built, and even like uh, maybe like the castles in England. Yeah, I wonder how they built those, or if they ever, because you now now with buildings. We use, uh, you know, those spreadsheets and they show how everything goes. I wonder if they did something like that back then. It would be very interesting to see all the work they put in. Yeah, like the old, older buildings are more more stable than the new ones. Like the White House, that has lasted for a long time. Yeah, a very long time. And a lot of castles have lasted if they weren't attacked. Like the only time any of those castles have have fallen is, you know, when they were attacked and broken down. So if, if something could just hold up for that long and ha- have all that, like, you know, damage from hurricanes built up on it, the only thing that could really break it down is, like, something from a, from a war or from a battle. Or earthquake. Yeah, or earthquake. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, but... Buildings and stuff like that, it's changed because um, the people 
they were building it, wanted to wanted a faster way to build things, so they stopped building them like those like that. Try to make it quick. <laughs> but um, going back to the the Corona thing, um, what would happen in in two years from now? Like, how would it, how would this change our life? I feel like when I feel like in two years, it really won't be a major issue because um, you know we've already had we've already had people recover from it. Mm-hmm. So either like we just take our time recovering recovering from it, or we actually find a cure, a vaccine, and you know the number drops tremendously and things go back to normal. I don't think anything really major will happen with the disease because I mean, yeah, it's it's a virus, it's bad. It's pretty bad, but I just feel like we are quite advanced yeah. when it comes to medical technology and just technology in general. I feel like we can actually stop this and slow it down. I wonder what's what's been happening with the families. Who, who their own family members have have died from the virus? What's been happening? Because um, and on the movie Contagion, Matt Damon he um he plays a character, and his wife had had was one of the first people to have the virus, and she had she died from it, and he, I guess she was an organ donor, so he couldn't have a funeral for her because they could not keep the body in the the funeral home. So she she was took to the um what was the CDC in their um labs and they were they had they sawed her head open and everything to see where the, the where the virus is how it affected her and trying to find a cure like basically for like research like I wonder if they're doing the same thing with the coronavirus maybe um I'd say Maybe if, because I think um, there's, you can actually give your body to science. So like, for example, if you have corona and you've already agreed to uh, to let your body be viewed for science and, you know, you pass away from the corona, they could actually do that. But maybe in like his situation where it's not a lot of people, it's only like a couple and when, it, when it first starts then yeah, that's probably the only time they'll just take the body and do that. But it was it was kind of messed up how he couldn't even have a service for her since she um, had died from the virus, though. Like that was wild. But I hope in two years that um that we don't get into the situation that was on Contagion when the the virus got worse and people are um getting more sicker and then. The government, they shut down, and nothing was open and everything. And then people just went wild, and just started storming the streets, breaking into stores, going in people's houses, stealing their guns, and just going berserk. I'd say that's possible if COVID was worse. If yeah. COVID was like just dropping people left and right, like in on a like a minute-to-minute basis to where no one could really have time to recover, 
then I'd say yes. A lot of people will, you know, start screaming, it's the end of the world and all that stuff and go crazy. But COVID is actually something we can get under control. So I think we can actually recover from it. Now it's time for the paper flag. <laughs> paper flag. According to an article from the Texas Medical Center, the public's limited movement, thanks to stay-at-home orders and social distancing, means um, fewer of the accidents and other traumatic events that generate organ donation. Surgeons are declining organs from coronavirus hotspots, and there's not enough protective equipment or PPE for transplants to happen. Pen and Paper Podcast is produced by Brandon Cephas and John Mitchell and is possible with support from the Harris County Department of Education and the Just That Beats audio production program. And in the words of Pokey Pig, that's all, folks. Pen and Paper. <laughs>